Hello and welcome to the Complaint Desk. Drop your complaints in the bin on your way out. We're just two worship pastors discussing all things worship and church leadership. I'm Danny, I'm here with Doug, and we're here to help you navigate the life and ministry of a worship pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump right in. What's up? What up? Mr. Tampa Bay. Yeah, I didn't have a lightning hat. Go bolts. So I just wore Tampa Bay Rays hat today. I can't believe you're a defecting man. Especially <laughs> somebody in the division. I uh, know. I still like Carolina Hurricanes, though. It's just, just not even right. I'm going to hang up right now. Uh, when in Rome. <laughs> Except you're not. You're in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like Rome sometimes. Uh, well, I think most places feel like Rome sometimes. Well, man, it's good to see you. I tell you, it's, yeah. it seems like it's been... Gosh, man, it's been like a month since we've kind of been on a regular on a regular schedule, right? Yeah, I had vacation, and uh, you took vacation uh, last week. Seems like you were gone for like six months. Well, I missed two Fridays because we were we were away one Friday, and then we were on vacation. So, yeah. but I tell you, it's just it, it's crazy, man. Summertime, we got everything going on. You know how it is. I mean, oh, I know our church. Everybody in our church is taking vacation, doing all the vacation cycles and stuff like that. So vacation, and of course, you get VBS in the middle of all that, and uh, everything is starting in two weeks. Um, we're th- three weeks. You doing it in August? Yeah, first week of August. Yeah, yeah. I think we're three weeks. Three weeks from Sunday, we'll start. But uh, anyway, man, it's it's good to see you though. Appreciate you being here with me today. Uh, Got a lot, lot to talk about, but uh, man, did y'all, y'all fare okay through um, the hurricane there, tropical storm. Elsa, yeah, Elsa. I couldn't think of, we, think of the name. All right, here's your joke. We let it go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Close it down. We let it go. Yeah. No, Elsa turned out to be just a, a, you know, a bit of rain and a bit of a uh, bit of wind and didn't, didn't affect us too bad here in Florida. So I think it's all up near you now or it's way past us now. Hmm. It, uh, we dealt with it all day yesterday. And, um, actually by the time I left the office yesterday, the rain was stopping and then we came back for choir and uh, the sun was, uh, when we left choir, the sun was coming out. So, awesome. uh, we did get a ton of rain though. Uh, some, some of, uh, some folks in the choir said their gauges measured four inches. Whoa. That's a lot of rain. <laughs> That's a lot of rain in one day. Yeah. We were, and of course the path it took, we were right in the, in the hot spot there with all the, we're, we're familiar with hurricanes, you and I, because we've been through so many of them, mm-hmm. but the, all the, the worst part of the weather is generally on the north and east side, north mm. and east side. I cannot speak this morning. And so we were right in that path all day long yesterday yeah. until yeah. it was gone. Four inches of rain. That's a lot. So that is a lot. But anyway, well, I'm glad, uh, glad y'all didn't have any issues. We certainly didn't. A couple trees down here or there, but nothing, nothing going on at my place. But well, man, let's go ahead and jump in. I want to get started this morning. I want to talk, uh, I want to read a little bit from Joshua here. I've moved on from uh, the Pentateuch. Uh, that's what I have been in the first half of the year. Stop cussing. <laughs> <laughs> Pentateuch. The first five books of the Bible, the book of the law, all that good stuff. But I'm now in Joshua, a um, couple chapters in, but I wanted to back up just a little bit. Um, because I feel like this kind of applies to us today from Joshua 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. 
being careful to do all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to, uh, from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Uh, and it goes on, but finish that little section there. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I lo- love that passage, man, as, as, uh, as God uh, commissions Joshua I mean, in the command, what did he say in there? Four times? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One, two, three. Three right off the top of my, that I can see. Sorry. <laughs> Put your glasses on. <laughs> be, oh, thank goodness I don't need those anymore. Yeah. Uh, be strong and courageous and do all I've commanded you. Right. And I think that applies a lot to what we do today, whether you're in ministry or or whatever you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um God calls us to follow him, to do the things that he's commanded us to do, as he tells Joshua right there. And so, you know, I think when we can when we can really dig in and we can focus and we can do the things that he's called us to do, you know, I think, you know, be strong and courageous. That's, that's I will not leave you or forsake you. Yeah. Yeah, you're stealing one of the keys that, that we're talking about our topic today is, is longevity in ministry. There you go. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't didn't intend to do that. I didn't even think about it. But uh, yeah, that's you know. good though. But but that's you know as I read through Joshua, it's it's just amazing. You know, if you think back when uh, they sent them out into the land as spies, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. came back, but Joshua and Caleb said, everybody else said, no, we, we can't, we can't do this. These guys are huge. That sounds like church ministry right there. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, we can't do this. It's not a good move, but God said to. So, yeah, you know who you're going to please. You're going to please those yeah. in in that instance, especially. You're going to please the crowd, or you're going to you're going to please the God who's called you to do what He's called you to do. Yeah, I'm going to steal a little bit out of Joshua too. Do it. Um, my my pastor, he's been here a couple months now, doing a really fantastic job. Uh, really loving our people and, and stepping and filling the pulpit. And he's just doing, doing a great job all the way around. But he preached something Sunday that, that I was thinking about through this week. And we even talked about it in our Bible study last night, uh, Joshua five and that's 13 through 15, our world and a little bit of pre-context. The, the, the topic of the sermon wasn't necessarily uh, political or alignments or cliques or anything like that. But he was talking about here in this section, how many times uh, we, we ask God or put ourselves in the wrong position. We ask the wrong questions many times. Mm. So here's Joshua pre Jericho following, you know, all this. So when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand mm. And Joshua went to him, and and a lot of even more context to it is a lot of uh, scholars. I, I mean, I'm not a super mega scholar, but I even believe this that this was a pre-incarnate Christ. This is the theophany uh, in the Old Testament, so pre-incarnate Christ here. Um, and and Joshua went to him and said, "Are you for us? Or are you for our adversaries?" <laughs> and the greatest. God has a sense of humor in such a way, and I love this, in the greatest possible way to answer this, are you for us or are you against us? He says, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face in the earth and worshiped him, knowing who he was and who he said he was. What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the army said to Joshua, take off your, your, your sandals or your feet for the place you're standing is, is holy. And and Joshua did so obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know, pastor said it this way Sunday, you know, we, we divide ourselves Republican Democrat. We divide ourselves in, in our little cliques. We decide, we even divide ourselves on Sundays and Sunday schools and groups yeah. and it, they're not opposing, but it's it's this sense of competition, and that's not the question we should ever ask because God is not on either of those sides. And, yeah. and I love the answer to that question. Are you for us or against us? No, no. <laughs> you're asking basically, and this is what Pastor said Sunday. You're asking the wrong question. Yeah. You know, come up here, be on my level, serve my kingdom, pursue my interests, pursue my will. And you'll realize that that 
you know, you're, you're dividing yourselves in the wrong way. I, I love that. That was just great. Well, so. yeah, it's interesting too, because you think about that question, are you for us? Or are you for our adversaries? Or are you against us? Are you for us mm-hmm. or against us? I mean, really, you're right. It's the wrong question, but the question really is, are we following him, right? Right. I mean, that is the ultimate question. <clears throat> are we are we putting ourselves in such a position to to be able to do the best we can where he's called us to serve, right? Yeah. Many times it's, it's we have decided that this is God's goal or this is what God's after, and right. it's not. Right. That's not what he's after. For simply for church, the Great Commission. You know, I love our our seminary, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, yeah. which is a mouthful to get out. But yeah. um, always, you know, you and I attended there, and and the mission of the school is is the Great Commission. You know, they have the tagline "Go" mm-hmm. and, and 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 things like that. And I it, that should be for every church. That's our goal: reaching disciples. Not, you know, we're on podcasts and we'll be kind of chill, but I'll, I'll, I'll be brazen. We're not, we're not out to reach church hoppers, you know, yeah. those who rotate churches every two years or yeah. because they don't like the music or they don't like this or they don't like that. We're to make disciples of Christ. So that, right. that means them getting saved, but also after that, drawing them closer, helping them walk that journey, draw closer yeah. to Christ. So yeah, had, good, good stuff. Had a pastor that called that sheep stealing. Sheep stealing. Well, <laughs> sheep. Yeah, sometimes it's sometimes it's not the church. I mean, sometimes it is. We've we've got a. <laughs> I'll tell you a small story. We, I told you I needed a drummer, and uh, in our in our church, and we're looking for a for a drummer. I've been praying about that, and um, I called a, a local church in the area, bigger mm-hmm. church, much bigger. They have twelve drummers. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> 12 drummers needs 12 drummers yeah nobody needs 12 drummers <laughs> and then i mean you know they they do the cool stuff and all the cool things and all the you know stuff so there's a little bit more of an attraction there but <laughs> so if you run, drummers. if you if you run two drummers a week you yeah. play every six weeks and they're running multiple services so that that that's helps as well do they use different worship teams in each service do you know uh, I don't know to that level. I would, would assume so. Different yeah, teams? Maybe not. I, I know they, and we could talk about this at a later point. I know they pay some of their, mm. the band and they pay some of their, their team and singers and stuff. So, Well, no wonder they have 12 drummers. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know that they pay all 12, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure all 12 are, hey, I'm just, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to steal. I just want one. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to just, borrow just give me a faithful, faithful guy or girl who who loves the Lord and wants to play drums just, for just the Lord. Just let me borrow him for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, and I do. I actually do borrow one from a, a local church, a good friend of mine that I've made since we moved here. You know, one thing I will say, um, in in that vein, there have been a couple times in my in my ministry where I have needed, particularly drummers. I don't know mm-hmm. why that is. Guitar players, we're everywhere. Piano players, we're everywhere. Um, good ones is a different story, but, but still, I mean, you can find serviceable guitar players, piano players. That sounds so serviceable, so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Longevity in ministry. Don't call people serviceable. People who are willing to use their gifts to the best of their ability. Yeah. People that can play and do a fine job. Right. They have talent, they have a gift and, and it's clear and evident and they use it for the Lord. Yeah. So, but drummers, for some reason, I don't know what the deal is with drummers, but but it's like I, there have been, gosh, man, I bet I've been without a drummer, like not having a guy to play next week or a girl to play yeah. next week. I've been without a drummer the next week, like four or five times, and then it's like we play a week or two without drums, and then it's like God provides. I, I th- All right, so here's my thought. You know, uh, I have a thought for everything. Of course. <laughs> we we Kenny Kenny Lamb, our friend Kenny, um, wrote an article the other week about the war that wasn't. Do you remember that? Well, yeah, he, that was he a great commented article. about great article. We need to talk about some of that content. I'm gonna try to get but Kenny one day. The 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 war the worship wars when we talk about the worship wars. I think for the longest time, um, we had we felt like we had to fight that worship war, or we couldn't use drums. 
uh, acoustic guitar was acceptable and started being more acceptable in the last 25 years. And, and now every church has an acoustic drum. I have like four or five acoustic guitar players, you know? Yeah. Um, but the drummer was the stick, you know, for traditional churches trying to move more contemporary, mm-hmm. you kind of exile the drummer, you, you quieten them down. So what do we do? We come up with electric drums. Well, we didn't, but we started using it cause we can control them more. You know, we put them in big cages and we do all this stuff. And I, I think for a lot of times the drummers have felt like, hey, well, I, I can't play. I can't let it loose when I go to church. I have to use other avenues for that. <laughs> That's getting better. Like our church, we use, man, I tell my drummer, we, we do have an isolation booth, but I'm t- you rip it. You go in, we, yeah. we can play the, you know, we can do the volume how we want. We got everything mixed right and just rip it. You know, you play. And, yeah. and play for the Lord, you know, and that's what I, well, we haven't been able to tell drummers that for a long time in a lot of our traditional churches, you know, quieten down, quieten down. So they get discouraged and they, they feel like their talent's not wanted and used in the church. Is that, is that, I don't know, is that helpful? Yeah. I feel like I'm forever telling the drummer, don't hold back. Yeah. Just play. Yeah. Play how oh, you I've would play. A, I've got a guy that I, that I use, um, Great, wonderful guy. So if he's listening to this, I'm telling you, he's he's a wonderful guy. <laughs> Good drummer. Uh, he His home church, and I told you we we're borrowing, so his home church that he plays at is, is a reformed church, and they're a little bit more traditional and mm-hmm. calm. <laughs> and he, he'll put, come play, and he's really soft-handed. I'm like, dude, you're in an isolation booth. You rip it. <laughs> rip it like you're at home. You know, we can control that. Well, we do use electronic drums, but it's – Really, more than anything, it's stage volume. Yeah, that's where we really try to control the stage volume. For yeah, us too. And just size from a size perspective, they take up a lot less overall space. Yeah. But anyway, we we didn't we didn't start yeah, this podcast good, today yeah. with the intent of talking about drummers. All drummers move to so South Florida. I need you. <laughs> if you don't mind wearing a. Silly Tampa Bay hat. You can move down there and play drums for Doug. Hey, you wear what you want at my church, man. You got, <laughs> I've got a our sound tech, our um, our tech guy wears a um, I don't know what you call those things. Toboggan? It's not a toboggan. It's like a hat, knit hat. Oh, the, knit the hat. big fluffy hat. Yeah, I mean he's he's got love love him, man. He's got knit hat. Um, I'm way too hot natured to wear that. Gauged earrings. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. <laughs> you used to have an earring. I'm letting two. it out now. I had two. <laughs> I'm letting it out on on podcasts uh, now. Man, most people know. Yeah, I mean, you can still see. I couldn't get them in. Now I'd have to repair them. But uh, but <laughs> it's too old for that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's not worth it anymore. I'll stick with the nah. ink, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll stick. I'll stick with ink and, and doing all that. So right, let's get on it. Yes, let's do it. So today, what we really came on to talk about was. <laughs> Was longevity as a worship pastor? Um, I mean, we we generally think of uh, following where God's leading, mm-hmm. and and change and those kinds of things in in a ministry type of context, right? I mean, you've heard it for years and years that the average stay of a pastor mm. it's like two and a half years. I believe that's up now. It's like three and a half ish, four three, years, something yeah. along those lines. Three to four. Still not not a real long time, and I mean, if you really think about it, if you've been in ministry at all, I, I mean, by the time you get to know people, I mean, you're you're at least two years in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've really just kind of gotten to know your to know your folks at that point. Yeah, you have no. I, I'm pretty sure ministries you know, like I've been here at this church for about four and a half years. You have no traction. You have no. Like they don't even trust you yet. Is that your phone in, ringing? In, I think God is calling you. Not my he's phone. Call, he's calling phone. you away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God's God's calling me away. Only be strong and courageous. Strangely, strangely to a new salary that's somewhat better. Or, you know, yeah. I yeah, know. Yeah. The, I bigger, know. the bigger church is calling. We're going to have pastors calling us. Would you shut up? Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I think it's—I do think it's interesting, though. That that, that stop it. <laughs> that you know, we we're always when we think about longevity in ministry, it's always looking to what's next, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'll be—I'll be honest with you—I try real hard not to be that way, right? Because 
if if you're that way, look, the grass is always greener, right? Grass mm-hmm. is always greener on the other side. You're always looking for that. Um, and, and I think from a ministry context, and really, I mean, if we're if we're really honest about this, and we have a a fuller theology of work, if you will, mm-hmm. I mean, I think this really goes broadly across just about everything, right? Yeah. God puts you in a place, and I think he'll make it, make it clear when it's time for you to go. I, I don't think... Um, well, I'm trying, let me trying just, to choose let my me, words carefully here. Yeah, I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't think he's not just going to shove you out the door after after your three, three and a half, four years are up, right? Right. And I've I think a lot like of times... make it clear. Yeah, I mean, and God, I feel like God a lot of times... extremely clear. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really not trying to talk over you. I promise. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. But I feel like a lot of times we get antsy. Yeah. Right? Like we're... Okay, I'm kind of reaching that point. What's next? And in a lot of ways, we start to kind of turn loose, right? Yeah, I, I think here's what happens. I think statistics show... Lifeways put out a million billion statistics mm-hmm. on stuff like this. A million billion. In, in a million billion. <laughs> in general, and that's probably how they put it too. Million billion. In general, it, pastors are ready to change, to move forward, to grow. They're ready to do those things faster than their church and their congregation is. Yeah. And many times the the you, like you said it the antsiness moving forward. Um, a lot of times the pastor will see the vision. So I'm, I'm defending pastors in this. Um, they'll see the vision that God wants for the church, and they try to move that forward, and the church just bucks and bolts against it mm-hmm. uh, and resists against it because nobody likes change. I get it. But, you know, I do see that a lot. And, and a lot of times, I mean, let's be fair, there's some people in ministry that probably should not be in ministry, I think. But many times the pastor feels... This church is not going to change, and it's not going to go anywhere. So it's time for me to leave. My mm-hmm. my service to this church is concluded. What I would say to that, as a flip side, is your service is not to a church, and your commitment to God is not just to change the church to where you think it needs to go, but it's to get that started. There are a lot yeah. of pastors that I've I've served in churches that served before me that did a lot of things to move that church into position where God wanted it to be, but they may not have realized it at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, but I look back and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm really thankful for this pastor in this church in the past because he did a lot of things here to set this church up to where we are now. Mm-hmm. That's always helpful. You know? Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much to unpack there. That, yeah. I mean, we could probably do episode upon episode upon episode and bore everybody completely to death talking about that but it's you know i do think you're right we get impatient yeah and things don't go like you know we've we've convinced ourselves that they should go and we run out of patience it's hard to stick with look if you've been in church more than five minutes you know there's conflict there's going to be conflict (laughs) (laughs) and when we come up against that it's almost like we take that as a Okay. A personal insult. Things are starting to break down. Yeah. Let's let's look at and look, I'll be honest with you, and I think you would you would agree with this statement. Um the more you stick with your people through those things, the more you yep. walk with them through them, the better the relationships are. The more trust is built. The more trust you build and you 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 build that rapport and you, you you start to develop everything in ways that you can make some meaningful changes, right? Mm-hmm. Right. People understand that okay, that that let's be honest, that sucked. Yeah. But he went with us through that yep. and didn't bail on us. Uh, and a lot of times it's it's not that that you as pastor or leader in that situation were the shot caller or the best at it and made all the right choices. There's a lot to be said for sticking with a ministry and people. Let's just call it like mm-hmm. it is sticking with people when they're down. Mm-hmm. Personally, I love that. You know, that that's why we, we love our families because they see us at our worst 
and they stuck with us and they didn't they didn't bolt the, there's there's a lot to be said for lack of commitment i think too so maybe that's that's the knock on the other side yeah well, let's get into the longevity of it what what can you do as new worship pastor new worship leader maybe even somebody who's been in ministry for a while and feel like man i'm just ready to get out or whatever so How's, how do you make it what's the longevity so i think I'll go kind of the obvious route to start with. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. The more the more time you spend in his word, the more mm-hmm. time you spend in prayer, the more receptive you're going to be to what he's doing, not only in your life, but in the life of the church and in the, in the life of the families that are in your church. Yeah. And you'll see you'll see things in the community around you. I think without that, we almost operate operate with blinders on, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say less noise and and more more God. So you're talking about God's word and just pouring yourself into that truth. Yes, but but less noise. So you got the blinder. I'm blocking my mic, but blinders. You know. Yeah. Well, it's just like we okay. If you're watching us on YouTube, we're wearing headphones, and the reason mm-hmm. we do that is because it tunes out everything else in the room. Cats, fans. Cats, fans. I got two fans going. (laughs) Phone dinging, all these things. It tunes it all out so that we can concentrate on what we're doing. And that's what the Word of God does for you, right? As you you dig in and as you spend time in that, you spend time in prayer, you spend time developing your relationship with God, the most important relationship that you've got. Mm -hmm. And this this is any, any career. Not just worship leaders, not just yeah. pastors. This is the banker. This is the stay-at-home mom. Right. Whatever you are, this is anything. If you're in there, if you're in His Word, you will you will have a much better idea of where you should be and what yeah. you should be doing. Somebody somebody said it last night in our Bible study. My, my citizenship is not here. Yeah, and I have to remind myself that all the time. So if you're working for UPS or FedEx or I mean, any job nowadays, longevity is something. If you're working for FedEx, our office closes at 5. Please get here before then. <laughs> Please get here at 445 because I'm <laughs> going to be in my car at 4, 4, 450. So, yeah. There's stress and there's there's heavy things at, at every job. Right. Sometimes as pastors, we, we bubble ourselves and isolate ourselves to where we think we're the only ones facing it. Right. There's a lot of people in this world that are facing troubles and issues, job related, and you know we we could probably take some 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 advice and some hints from them. Mm-hmm. Staying in God's Word is a, is a very practical, real way to do that. I will say this though, um, well, every job does has it does has it does has its stresses. Yeah. Well, being a father is different than not being a father. Right. That's how, that brings its stresses. But, but you know? ministry in general, just keep in mind that oftentimes you are carrying burdens for others too. Yeah. It's a spiritual warfare. So many, you've many got times. to be, from a ministry perspective, you've got to be prepared for that. Mm. All right. And you won't And you won't be. No, you <laughs> <Sorry>. won't be. <laughs> you won't be. You won't be, but you've got to do the best yeah. you can to be that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna throw a couple more big rocks in, and then we can kind of fill in around that. So I, I think that re, that relationship with 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 Christ is number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I, I think humility more than anything else goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, if you read in your scriptures, you read read a couple pages. The one of the very first sins that you're going to encounter is going to be pride. Right, the the first, and yeah. it's going to continue that thread through the entirety of the Bible. Pride is what gets us. Remember who you are. Remember who God has made you to be, and ultimately, and I'm not saying this from a church perspective. You got to remember who's in charge. Mm-hmm. It's my wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, (laughs) (laughs) you've got to remember that while you have vision and while you have desires and you want things to go a certain way, 
you got to remember, ultimately, God is sovereign. Yeah. And you've got to lean on that fact. Things aren't always going to go your way. You're going to take hits. You're going to take losses, right? You're going to get the L mm-hmm. from time to time. But if you do all of this in humility, your people are going to, they're going to understand you better. They're going to trust you more. And you're going to be, you're going to be able to lead them where, I'll just be honest, I've seen some prideful guys come in and it's it's my way or the highway. That's not my style. That's not my leadership style. Um, well, it's not it's not a leadership style. And I and let me, it's some pet peeve of mine, and I see pastors do this, lead pastors do this, associate pastors, worship pastors. They come in with the mentality, and, and the, I guess the, the visual thing you can do is, is they point. They know how, where to go, and they point to tell you to go there. That's a different way of doing it. What you're talking about is doing it doing it actually you know physically doing it if it if it takes that spiritually doing it mm-hmm. and letting that be an example of how people should follow mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of times that all the time that's way better than someone coming in who's the smartest one in the room and says hey you you should go here because i know more than you know mm-hmm. nobody's going to follow that nobody will follow that well i used this a couple weeks ago um not well it's been more than a couple weeks now but my pastor put this idea out one Sunday and I thought it was, I thought it was great. He said, leaders, you, you lead sheep, but you Mm -hmm. drive cattle and that's a different style. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with guys who wanted to just drive work for guys who just wanted to drive, drive the cattle. And it's, you don't get anywhere that way. I tell you where you, where you get is looking for another job. Well, here's the humility part of it. You're 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 leading sheep, and you're a sheep. Yeah. You, the same things that your sheep are doing that drive you crazy, you are capable of and will do at some point in time in your life. Yeah. Now, now, maybe not every situation you're going to sin exactly the same way everybody does, but you are going to face the same struggles, the temptations, the face facing the same sin, fight the same spiritual battles as the people you're leading, that's the paradox. Well, the root is the same, right? Yeah, yeah. So p- pride, we all we all struggle with pride. Yeah. We do. We think we know better. We think we deserve better. We think whatever. But if you'll approach it all with humility, realize that you're just the lead sheep. Yeah. <laughs> the, best, the best leaders are not the ones that are the loudest in the room. You walk into a meeting with a bunch of people and, inevitably you'll see if you're, if you listen and sit back and listen, you'll see someone start to talk and take charge. Now they may be a a leader and a good leader, but they're not always that. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the leaders will sit back and listen. The leaders will be the, maybe the quietest in the room at times Mm -hmm. and let other people speak and do those things. So is it, is it fair to say we're talking about the difference in folks choosing Saul versus David, you know, and, the way they that transaction happened, there's a lot in that. But yeah. humility was definitely something that maybe Saul didn't seem to have. He had a little bit of false humility, I think, in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, well, you guys love me, and uh, yes, I know, and I'm the and I'm the greatest, and yes, you <laughs> I'm love handsome, me and I know as you he, I love me. Yeah, you love <laughs> me as you should. Yeah. So that was yeah. there's a bit of false humility, and you know. Anyway, that that is good. That's excellent. So I, I think, you know, we, we start to turn to a little more practical kind of mm. things. I, I think rest is a big one. Yeah. Okay. Um, we tend to, in, in general, as pastors, we tend to be fairly driven and want to drive the cattle, if you will, but because of that, we need to remember that, look, we can't go hard all the time. Mm-hmm. We can't. And this is something that I fuss at you about all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Take your well, vacation. <laughs> this is what I thought about with this one. I'm going to be fair. I'm not real good at taking the rest sometimes. But here's what I, lately in this last month, have really prayed about and thought about. 
where this comes from, at least for me, my example is I, I, a former pastor that I used to work with, he calls himself a a recovering pleaser, (laughs) right? So he, he, he used to be the kind of person who wanted to please everybody. We as pastors want to, and, and it's even sewn into our job description in subtle ways to please people, to please others. And by doing that, we translate it, work with your face to the stone, drive hard. Do you remember the Seinfeld episode where George Costanza was working for the Yankees? Well, let let me give you this example. So he's working for the Yankees and his bosses, Steinbrenner and others are coming by all the time. And George is the typical lazy person or whatever and doesn't work real hard. But he wanted to appear to work hard. So every time he came by, he came up with this formula. He would just look mad. He would take <laughs> papers and just slam them on the table. And, and he said, you do that and you look, you look busy. You know, you look, people think you're working because you're, you're really intense about the, the financial <laughs> figures or whatever. We can do this as pastors sometimes yeah. where we drive and push and, and it, we're not faking it and trying to make it appear like we're working hard, maybe like he does, he did. But we thrive on that attention mm-hmm. of wanting to look busy. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're, we're fulfilling our pay, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of pastors can do that, and uh, it's, it, it sets you up for destruction. Yeah. Because you can't. Like you said, you can't do that long term. Yeah. yeah. So <sighs> there's two things with that. You, you can't do that because you know it doesn't work, but also, too, you need to teach people a lifestyle of, of working better, of working uh, in ministry, and how to do that. When you have personal time with your family, it's personal time with your family. I, you know, I may not answer your email, may not answer your phone call. I want to. I will, you know, we'll get to it if it's not, you know, an emergency or whatever, but it's also teaching people that as yeah. well, and it, it takes both of those things, and that takes time. Well, there's a rhythm that you get into, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of, I'll be honest, that's part of what's given me a little bit of struggle here. Mm. This new position, just because I came here in the middle of COVID and I jumped in when things were kind of down, it was good because it gave me a chance to really dig in, to learn a few new things that I could implement and have ready to go once things really got kicked back up. But because of that, it was just beyond some of that was just it's been hard to find that rhythm yeah right and now now that things are rolling i'm starting to fall into that a little bit better um i'm starting to kind of find okay think this has got to be done by this time this has got to be done by this and you know okay so here's here's my rest period here's where you know i kind of set it all aside don't worry about the email It'll be waiting when I come back. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the voicemail. It'll be waiting when I come. Unless it's urgent. I mean, look, yeah. let's be honest. You well, get a different method that you, you get, teach people. It's yeah. triage, right? You get, right. you get, you get that voicemail. Sometimes you just got to go rest or no rest, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. You're as a pastor, you're on call. Yep. So you got a family that needs you. You go whether it's two and, in the afternoon or two your, in the morning. Yeah, you need to like this past week we had. Uh, two of our members, lovely members of our church passed away uh, from COVID. So they, they contracted yeah. COVID in a couple of weeks. Uh, both of them had passed away. And, you know, that may mean the bulletin doesn't get done. Yeah. If you do a bulletin, we talked about that. But that may mean certain things don't get done like they normally do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because mm-hmm. those things come first. That's a priority. But you need to, to train people to understand that, not, you know, not push through all that stuff and and, and anyway you, well, you, you understand what i'm saying well, you got to value the important things right value the important things yeah you you might like a bulletin but if you don't have a bulletin it's not the end of the world yeah you Trust might me it's not you might like <laughs> I don't know, whatever i mean yeah you know if your weekly email doesn't get okay here's an example last yeah. week our stream here didn't go on time mm-hmm. two weeks ago because of an issue that you had. I was gone. We had already recorded. You had an issue. Those things take priority. Yeah. You've got church people. Those things take priority. Yeah. You've got to be prepared for that. 
And because of that, because in a way you're always on, it makes that rest even more important, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. So at night when you go home, spend it with your family as much as you can. Now, you know, I have rehearsals and thing. as as pastors, we're at church a lot of nights, right? Well, you plan. You yeah. plan and organize. But so you, you, plan. you work that out so that, you know, you do have time to spend with them later. Yeah, and but, guess what? That may, that may mean you're not in the office at 8 o'clock. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you teach people, you know, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not in the office at 8 o'clock, but I have practice tonight at 7.30. So instead of being here from 8 yep. to 9 p.m., 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., here's how I'm structuring my hours yeah. and doing that. You know, yeah. Well, you know, just keep keep that in in mind because you you can't lose your family. Mm-hmm. You can, but you can't. You you need to put your family first. You've got to have that time with your spouse, right? Children, if you have them, and bigger picture. When you get that time to be away on vacation, be away on vacation. Yeah. Now, if you're the only pastor, I get it. Look, we had some of this growing up where it <laughs> never failed. We'd get about three or four hour drive away and somebody would die and we had to come back. Mm, yeah. I had to happen once. I mean, it, it, look, it happens. I get it. But you need to do everything you can to take that time. Have someone preach for you. Have someone lead for you. Do those things where you can get away, mm. and you can just recharge a little bit. Yeah. Because one thing that, if you've not found this out as a worship leader, you will find out. It's easy to get in that Sunday's coming rut. Mm-hmm. Right. We talked about that. Yeah, a lot. We talked. It was one of the first things that we tackled. That is a real thing. I mean, you get in that thing where Sunday's coming. I've got to have something planned. Not, hey, let me pray about this. What is the best? What does God want us to teach this week? You know, work with your pastor. What does God want us to put forward mm. this week for our people to to grasp and to take hold of? Yeah. And don't be above, this is what I've realized about myself. We're, we're, we're hammering this point, I know. But don't be above changing the way you do things. I realized early on that, that I needed to schedule better. I needed to plan mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. I needed to have a longer view and a longer goal of what I was doing and have that planned out. That way when things come up like funerals and, and, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I can fluctuate. I can be you know flexible and move things around. It doesn't derail you. It doesn't derail you because if you are a week-to-week planner, you're going to sink pretty fast. You know, So maybe that's a key to longevity. Don't be a week-to-week planner, you know? Yeah, and you know what? That's one of the things that I need to do better, not planning out, oh, we but, all just, but just making – I need to work in a, a time where I can just sit down, put everything else aside for a little bit, and just look at a month out, two months out, whatever, and yeah. at least you know, think about where we're going, think about what we want people to get, and start to at least sketch some basics yeah. out, right? Yeah, even a year. What, what do we want to do this oh, year? Gosh. How many new songs? You and I have talked about this. How many new songs do we want to teach the church? 15 a week. Yeah, 15 a week. <laughs> I would be out of a job. We, well, yeah, you probably would because your pastor yeah. would not be happy because. No, he would be. He wouldn't, he wouldn't get be to, happy. He wouldn't get to preach. Yeah. <laughs> well, you hit, you hit humility, uh, prayer, uh, you know, and there's, uh, there's some obvious other ones. Um, Let's get, let's do some practical things. Go for I, it. I, just some practical stuff um, for like worship pastors, worship leaders. Don't forget to, and for, I, I am a, on a Sunday morning, I, I've got the pastor hat on, got the pastor mode moving. You talk to me, it's okay, don't tell me this, email me because I'll forget. You know, it's, it's focus forward. But in that, sometimes I forget to worship and be a worshiper myself. And it's not just about joy and throwing hands up and things like that, but really focusing in. I want other people to do that, and I want them to come in and leave all the cares and burdens aside and worship God, but just remembering that I need to do that as well. And that, that I say it's our job, 
But really, that is what we're supposed to be doing, just period, as Christians, coming in, worshiping the Lord. That will be more of a lead to other people than just going through all the motions and doing well, it's the like things. we were talking about just a few minutes ago with the 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 sheep analogy right that we yeah. we keep bringing up you're you're in a lot of ways you are the head sheep you're the guy yeah. up here that's kind of leading the rest of the pack <laughs> you're the head dummy <laughs> does that make I'm you the, the chiefest of dummies does that make you the dummiest dummy uh, the but, chiefest of dummies but but you are so as you lead, you've got your you got your pack of sheep. What what is is it a herd? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Continue. You, I will look it up. You have a group of sheep, <laughs> and you're you're the guy at the head, and so you're leading them to worship. But you can't forget to worship yourself, right? Right. Not, not worship right. yourself. You yourself can't forget to worship. It's not, and I look at it this way: it's an opportunity to worship with your people. That's right. That you're leading. So, again, it's a reflection back to you're a sheep. You just happen just to be facing them. Are. What's plural of sheep? What's singular sheep. of sheep? Sheep, sheep, sheep and sheep. sheep. Yeah. Sheep with uh, a side anyway, of sheep. <laughs> before we drag that on, let's let's dig in a little bit more. Uh, here's something that I, I may have learned later in ministry. We were talking about pleasing people. Obviously, we want to, to a certain extent, do a good job and represent the Lord well, be good stewards of our time, be good stewards of the things we're entrusted with. But one of my recommendations to be, to have longevity, and this seems counterintuitive, is don't try to please others. Mm. Especially as, yeah, I know, and I know you got that face and I do too. With song selection, let's talk about song selection. It's <laughs> difficult because song genre, we could talk about a lot of this. Now, there's a, a care and a love, there's salt, there's grace, there's there's all these things that you need to apply to this. Picking songs, how to make leadership decisions as a whole, that kind of thing. Just understand and have that as a goal that that's not, you're not pleasing people, you are pleasing God, but people are involved. Yeah. And, and it, it's a, it's a, it's a balance. You can't just walk in and say, you know, to heck with everybody. I'm going to do what I want to do. We're all yeah. going to do, right. you know, um, I don't know, Mac Brunson songs or something. Mac Brunson. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to come in and do Nickelback all Sunday, oh, you know? God. I quit. <laughs> I quit. But, you know, you can't do Brandon Lake every Sunday. You can't do whatever. You can't do. I don't have that be, much air. Be smarter than that. But. Again, the bottom the bottom focus is is not you're not trying to please others, you're trying to please God alone. Sometimes by pleasing God you are pleasing others. Hopefully you are. But that'll provide some yeah. consternation. But yeah. uh, just understand that as a goal. To your flock of sheep. Flock. Dang so it. I've got my iPad <laughs> over here, I'm typing it in, and just as it pops up, my buddy's texting me, he's like, It's flock, dude. Come on, man. Oh. Be faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, uh, it's nine something in the morning. <laughs> it looks dark in my room, but it's it's actually daylight out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. It, it is flock. Yes, thank you, Philip. It is is a flock of sheep. Um, <laughs> be faster on that text, son. Yeah. All right, let's wrap let's wrap this up, man. What what are some last things that you want to put out there? Oh gosh, I got about fifteen more. Well, you've got um, time for half of one. Half of one. Well, we got a few minutes. We got we got at least one person listening, right? <laughs> well, we did. We did. <laughs> we did. He's off now. <laughs> uh, a couple more things. You know, I think a lot of the the humility applies in a lot of the spaces the, of the practical things that I was going to mention. Uh, one of the things, and and I'm give me a, a minute or two. I'll mention a couple more, but don't compare yourself to others. Oh yeah. In in worship ministry, it's especially difficult to not compare even as a just a pastor lead pastor you're always comparing yourself in your head to the church next door that's bigger mm -hmm. or the church down the street that has more congregants congregants um and you're parent, comparing yourself to that pastor and what is he doing right and what can i do better some of it's healthy but if you fixate on that understand god's got you where he's got you not 
at that church, yeah. not at that ministry. Well, if you're comparing, you'll never be satisfied with what you you'll are. You'll never make it. Yeah, you'll never. You'll exactly, and that's the point of it. You'll never be. You'll never be satisfied where you are. Where you are, you will always want something else. Yeah. And another ministry, and another congregation, and another band, and and whatever. So I think that's important. Um, of course, don't forget that it's all about God. Mm-hmm. It's not about yourself. Um, don't many times don't expect immediate results. What, what, who, who was it? Somebody, oh, I can't remember who it was. Preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. T- yeah, preach the gospel and get out of the way, you know? we. The, well, you saw on the list there that I have one of them is don't be a diva. So, yeah, get out of the way. You might be the best singer in the room, but if people are not singing with you, what are you doing? Yeah, well, you're not leading. You're, <laughs> you're not performing. Leading. Yeah. If you put them in keys that people can't sing, but you can, what are you doing? Yeah. You're performing. Yeah. You know, get it get it to a key, and you and I struggle with this all the time. Don't get it to a key. Because I know Brandon Lake can sing in a key that nobody else in our church can sing in. I might be able to get there, but my I, congregation can't. I can't get there. Yeah. That's the beauty yeah, of not I, being a singer by nature. I'm a pianist, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, pianist, guitar I'm, player. I'm right there with them. Room. I just try not to confuse them with what with uh, what I play on the piano. <laughs> Leave the jazz yeah, chords again, out. Again, <laughs> sometimes it's keep it simple, you know. Yep. But anyway, I, that that's a, a lot of what I had. I mean, there was some uh, probably one of the best ones that we've got here. Aside from those things, is don't for, or don't put yourself in compromising positions. I think we've seen that a lot that's a good in ministry. Practical one, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't put yourself just in the smart. situation. Yeah. It compromises your family, compromises Christ's testimony, most of all, and compromises your church testimony mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. That's an important one as well. So you may think it's okay to do, but you need to be like Paul in Corinthians and choose not to do it if it protects the testimony it's, of Christ. It's just like what we talked about with the SBC stuff and all the mess that was going on with all of that. Mm. That stuff, all that does, oh, I'm frozen. All that does is hurt the gospel. Yeah. Right. Sorry, it was a phone call coming in. Um, I feel telling you to shut up now. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all that stuff is damaging to the witness of the gospel, the witness yeah. of the church, right? Yeah. So you just be aware of what you're doing. Um, be aware of the the optics. Let's just put it that way. I'm not saying watch your back all the time, but. Yeah, we're not you know, in it to we're not in it to know. fake it, but but we are we are ambassadors of Christ, and ambassadors represent well yeah. the thing or the person or the country or whatever it is that they're representing. Yep. They want to represent that in the best possible light. There's too much negative representation today from the pulpit, from mm-hmm. the from the worship leader stand, whatever you want to call that, yep. um, from the band stand. From the stage, um, just call it from stage. The stage yeah. Too much, too much bad representation, and we need to get that back and 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 take that back. And that's on all of us. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. So, what are you doing Sunday? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan well. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, we have virtually well, I'm, half of my band is gone. I'm talking about vacations and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Um, pulled out some old simple stuff. Uh, that's kind of the summer thing to do. <laughs> line and lamb, doing a little bit of line okay. and lamb, starting in the key of F. If you think about that, because my congregation can't sing that up to A. I think it was done in A. We do it in G. So you're in the middle. Yeah. F is low. Yeah, it is. That's like way low. I, I, I might. Oh, every day will bow. Oh, no. It's not in Christ alone in D, man. Uh, yeah, that is low down there. It that starts one, off. Man, that one has drove me crazy for years. And no, nobody else does it in any other key unless you do it right D-flat. yourself. Or, D flat. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, I, I end up, I uh, always end up just kind of remaking the the very first phrase of every verse. Yeah. Cause I can't. And Christ the Lord. Anyway, I can't get nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> so Lion and the Lamb, uh, then God So Loved. Okay. My church is really loving that. Yeah, that's you know, great. We're really singing that. Well, John 316 with the doxology in it. Yeah, we and it fits really well, well, virtually with anything, but if it's well with yeah. what's, what we're preaching and teaching. Uh, Jesus Messiah. I, I have 
some people in our church ask, ask, ask me for this every Sunday. <laughs> and you know what? To a certain extent, hey, let's do it, man. Everybody's singing. They love it. So I'm doing that in A, but, um, Amazing Grace, my chains are gone, and then we're going to come back with a reprise at the end with uh, God So Love to leave out. So, fairly simple service Sunday. All right. I got a guitarist, I've got a keyboardist, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually playing guitar this week, man. My fingers still hurt from rehearsal on Tuesday. You need to get your chops back, man. Dude, man, I just don't. I got other people that play better than I do, so I don't no, play much. that's a lie. You need. I've always told you, you need to. You got a good voice, but you your your gift is piano and guitar, man. You need to get back on it. Yeah, whatever. So I will be singing. Battle Look, belongs. You have a wife that sings wonderfully. Oh, I yeah. mean, put her on stage and go get on the piano. She's beast mode. Well, yeah, <laughs> she is beast. Battle belongs. Yeah, we got that in the pipe to learn. We're learning. Okay, it's it's really not hard. Um, mm. But we're rolling right into. It's what I'm trying to tell you to do. Roll right into the chorus of "Behold the Lamb." It doesn't even the, stop, man. We just keep right on going. Then we back it up to the start and run That's not from there. Messiah, is it? Huh? That's not from um, Behold the Lamb? What, which one is that? Uh, that's a... Uh, is that a Bethel song? It's not a Handel's Messiah, is it? <laughs> yes, yes. We're going right into the Hallelujah Chorus after that. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Behold the Lamb. He lives. And we'll go uh, into, we're teaching a new one this week. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Do mm. you know that Crowder? one? No, it's, uh, what's her name? Gail is her last name. Yeah, uh, okay. Charity Gail. Yeah. Uh, if she was, uh, People in Songs, I think, is the group she kind of came out of. Um, great song. If you don't know it, you need to at least listen to it. Um, it least evaluate that for your congregation, but it is, man, it is powerful. It's good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, right. for the blood. Uh, we'll wrap up with a little uh, elevation. I'll come to the altar and only a holy God with some city of light. Yeah, uh, I love that song. And then uh, traditional, and we're wide open traditional. I'll worship the king, mm. stand up, stand up for Jesus, be thou my vision, and uh, we'll, we'll end the service with wherever he leads, I will go. So, lots of good stuff. Um, I will say uh, I'm, I'm excited because, and, and a little nervous, uh, we've, we've got our orchestra starting up next week. Ooh. Uh, by the time, if you're listening on a podcast, by the time you hear this, I will probably be moving chairs, getting ready for orchestra rehearsal. Mm. Uh, so, that'll be cool. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that, man. I'm looking forward, looking forward to it, but kind of nervous too, man. I just don't even know what to expect. Yeah, I, I miss a little bit of that flavor. I miss the orchestra. I, I have put out the call. If you have not played your instrument in 20 or 30 years, break it out. <laughs> Let's go. Because you all remember right. all that. You know you remember all that. Get yeah, the you pads. Probably you probably should have sent that email out maybe last year. <laughs> I did. Well, I sent it out. That's when I started planting that seed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, around Christmas time last year was when I first started planting that seed. So that's, that's, that's pretty exciting for us coming up here, but, uh, lots of good stuff, man. Ready for, ready for Sunday, brother. I'm praying for you. Thank you. Um, Appreciate it. I'm praying hope, for you. Hope all goes well this weekend for you guys. And for all of you out there listening, uh, we're praying for you as well as you, um, as you lead or just as you come together and gather and worship or run slides or whatever it is that you're doing this week, uh, we're, we're praying for you as well that you will encounter God in a way that impacts you and, uh, and changes you for the better, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, thecomplaintdesk.com, uh, always. You can visit there. Um, thinking about some things that we can do to revamp some of that. Uh, get some get some more content out there for you guys. Uh, Thecomplaintdesk.com. Uh, always, you can email us info at thecomplaintdesk.com. Facebook, Twitter, wherever those, wherever you connect with us. Um, certainly, send us notes. Let us know what it is that you would like. For us to talk about, if there's something that you're interested in, something that we can help you with, and always, uh, you know, we'll be praying for you. Reach out, share share your requests with us. We'll be glad to pray for you. But thanks for listening today. Brother, I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for uh, for being here with us. We're in a good discussion. And uh, for the rest of you, we will see you all next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.